coaching is changing. No more gatekeepers. No more barriers. No one standing between you and your readers. Do you want to make a living from your writing? Join indie bestseller Mark Dawson and James Blatch as they shine a light on the secrets of self-publishing success. This is The Self-Publishing Show. There's never been a better time to be a writer. Yes, hello, it is The Self-Publishing Show with me, James Blatch. And me, Mark Dawson. We're recording this at the world's largest indie publishing event uh, here in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. We are, yeah, 20 books. So it's the last ever 20 books conference, I think, from next year. Well, we've been coming for a while, actually. This is my fourth, third or fourth. One at Samstown, and then this is the third here, so it's my fourth. Yeah, um, and it might be my fifth. Could be your, yes, it's your fifth, isn't it? Because I did that called in, remember, when you were on stage and I did a kind of a down the line from my Salisbury office? That's right, yeah, we did a live, which, which actually very, worked on stage. It did, it was very strange and fun. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's the, it is the biggest conference uh, in the world, and... So an announcement on Thursday, it's going to be rebranded next year with a friend of ours, Joe Solari, he's taking over. So we, we can't say anything about it because we just don't know. He's keeping it... Sherry McShowface. Sherry McShowface is going to be called, apparently. Um, so looking forward to that. But yeah, yeah, it's been good. James James went in on Saturday and had a weekend with young Tom, very romantic weekend. Um, I got in last night, a couple of cocktails feel ready to go today we've got a big announcement we're making today yeah well Tom and I went and did some space geeky stuff we went down I mean Vegas is horrible I just put I it out a code there word. you need to um you need to get out of Vegas as soon as you get here and we went down to look at a meteor crater 50,000 year old meteor crater which is very impressive see the picture here uh, and we did we looked through a 24 inch refractor telescope at Saturn which was incredible oh my god this is, get so off what it what were you doing I was uh, I was with my family oh um, yeah well you're wasting your life <laughs> okay well look um we could perhaps do a little spin around. This is like the atrium in between sessions. Should, although should I should say Stuart Bache is on Stuart camera Bache today. Stuart on camera today. Um, the sessions, I think, are just starting again, so it's thinning out a little bit in here. But, of course, what happens in these atriums, these conversations, is every bit as important as anything you learn in the actual sessions in a conference. Yeah, and I mean, I hate net- networking. is an awful word, but that is, um, that's one of the valuable things about coming to conferences, the chats that you have. We had breakfast with our friends at Written Word Media this morning. I'm seeing Podium this afternoon, I'm seeing Apple, some Amazonians. It's just you know, loads of opportunities to make connections that could very well be useful to you further down the line as you, as you get on with your and career. And also, so I was just thinking how different this is as an experience as an author today than it was 20 years ago when you're an author. And you may, you may go to like the Hay Festival once a year, if you're lucky, because most authors probably don't get invited to that. Um, but who are your work colleagues, your friends? When I can see there's Hannah Lynn and her husband Jake there, there's Cara Thorburn, there's Michael Webb here. I mean, people we've got to know over the years, some people work with us, some people are authors. It's uh, a really brilliant experience as an author to be in a big room with other people doing the same as you. And I think that's a really unique indie experience. Absolutely, yeah. And um, one you can replicate in London next year. If you, do, if you can't come to the States, then we do something very similar. June 25th and 26th. Someone did say to me, your conference is the high bar in conference organisations. Yeah, they did, yeah. The guys from Vellum. Very, very kind of them. And Um, WWM said that as well. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, no, we, um, yeah, it's good fun. So we we are, tickets are available for that. Um, Don't know the URL on there. SPS Live, probably. Um, Selfpublishingformula.com forward slash SPS Live. Yeah, on early bird pricing for another month or two. So uh, if you want to come along, I'm, I'm actually looking around scouting the next couple of days for people I think might be interesting to come and talk to our readers. There goes Dan Woods. There are lots of people, lots of people that, that we know. Um, 
but no, we'll have a great time next year in London. Um, yeah. Sunny, sunny London by the Thames. Yes, indeed. Okay, look, we have an interview. Uh, would you believe? Uh, and the interviewee is uh, Mark Blaney. Mark Blaney runs Pigeonhole, which I didn't know much about before this interview. And I have to say, I think it's, at the top end, it's an expensive service. At the entry level, it's actually a very reasonable service. But it is a way of interacting and getting a boost for your novel, getting feedback on your novel, getting some early visibility for it. So I'll let Mark explain how that system works. And then Mark and I have a quick chat at the end of the interview. This is The Self-Publishing Show. There's never been a better time to be a writer. So Mark Blaney, welcome to The Self-Publishing Show. Nice to have you here. We're going to talk a little bit about you as your writer and your business. You, We're going to talk about the pigeonhole as a service, which we will mm -hmm. introduce, I suspect, to most of our uh, listeners. So why don't you start off with a bit about you? Yeah, um, so I'm Mark Blaney. Um, I also... I'm known as Ian Park, um, Ian with two eyes and Park with an E. Uh, my first tip for writing a successful crime thriller series uh, that you want to sell to people on Amazon is try and do it under a name that people can spell, yeah. which was um, a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm a hybrid author. Um, I've wrote business books uh, going back, cool, first one about 20 years ago now, uh, and was published by How To Books. It's now part of Little Brown. Um, so wrote four business books, I think it was at the stage. Uh, and then I turned my hand to writing fiction, which I self-published uh, as Ian Park um, with a, a reasonable degree of set success. I'm, I'm, uh, I have to say this very carefully, but I have been called a bit of a cult. Um, <laughs> and uh, so that, those were quite successful. And then I've self-published uh, some more business books. And also then started to run a small publishing company, publishing other people's stuff. Uh, and through that, we started to use a service called The Pigeonhole to help promote um, the books that we were publishing. And then I found that The Pigeonhole was up for sale. So I liked it so much that I bought it. Um, That's like um, I think as I am all those years ago. Yeah, yeah sort of. <laughs> Sort of. Although, um, although people should remember Victor Cohen went bust after that, but uh, you have not. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm hoping not. I mean, yeah. my, my background, my business background, actually, is I'm an ex-insolvency guy. Oh, well, you know, yeah, I, to, hopefully that means my, you know how to avoid it. Well, yeah. I mean, you, 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 yeah. Uh, I've, I've, my career has been in, in businesses that needed restructuring and, and rescuing, and, you know, some of them work and some of them don't. And when it doesn't, it's very painful, I can yes. tell you. Yeah, of course um, it is. So, uh, yeah, my first, the first book that I wrote was actually a book on how to turn a business around. So oh. you would hope I knew something about doing it. Okay. Um, well, look, the, the fiction stuff, you write sort of gritty crime. Is that right? And as you say, yes. you, you describe it as a cult following. Um, you have a, a hardcore of addicted readers. Yes, yes. And it's quite hardcore, I have to say. Um, so I, I, my, the first fiction I wrote, I, I went and worked for a couple of years out in East Africa doing a business restructuring. Uh, so the first book I wrote was sort of really about therapy, therapy, I suppose, really. And it was a, a thriller based in East Africa. Uh, and then I've always been interested in bikes and biker culture. Um, and I thought, well, I, I don't see anybody writing anything that takes the culture seriously. I mean, whatever you think about sort of the sort of the outlaw biker culture and people have very firm views on it. Um, it is something that the people in it take very seriously. Mm. Um, and, but but it, whenever you saw it in popular culture, you'll, you you it would be sort of uh, Clint Eastwood 
you know, in in every which way but loose. They're sort of all comedy villains. And I thought, well, nobody's writing anything that takes it seriously. Uh, why not? And I thought, well, why don't I do it? Um, so I wrote a one-off thriller, which was a really around, well, why would somebody get involved in that scene? What would it feel like, et cetera? Um, and tried to take it, treat it seriously. Um, and I've had, I've had some quite positive feedback from people sort of more involved in the life than I am um, about it and and the way that I've it, it came across. Uh, and that was it. I it, I just did it as a one-off. Um, and what is your biker about, group sort of um, nefarious, sort of criminal yeah, biker yeah, so group, I mean, it, or is it because you do? Get, I don't, and the only reason I ask is because we were on US One on family holiday a couple of years ago in a traffic jam for um, in California, traffic jam for roadworks, and suddenly were surrounded on all sides by this biker group, and they looked mildly threatening. I was sort of sitting there thinking, do I just press the lock button on the car just in case? Yeah. All tattoos and and um, yeah. well, all the patches and all that stuff and. They had a problem with one of the bikes, and um, and then one of them, to my horror, sort of leaned down and tapped the window on my wife's side, and I said, "I sort of leaned down." He goes, "Buddy, we're quite a big group, and when we pull off, would you mind just holding back and letting us all, all go, just so we don't cause any problems?" I thought that's an entirely fair request. But then we got chatting to him, and it turned out to be a law enforcement biker group. So they're mm-hmm. all cops or ex-cops, and they all love bikes, and they travel the country. And from the from a glance, they look fairly menacing, but actually we're this brilliant bunch of charitable yeah. guys. And I think that's probably quite a lot of bike groups in America, isn't it? Like that, rather than the yes. you know what was yeah, the TV yes. series with the gang? I can't remember the name now. The Sons of Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy which was a brilliant yeah. series. Um, so you get you do get good biker groups. Yeah, I mean, like, it, people are into bikes. We run across the whole range of of types of people. Um, and even then, when you get into the the, the outlaw biker groups. Um, yeah, it, it, there is a view. There is a view among some people that yeah, this is just a sort of maf- yeah, mafia on wheels type thing. Um, and actually, I don't think that's right. Um, certainly, there are people within those groups who are involved in crime, um, and I think there's there's probably quite a, a level of low level of, of crime. But there are certainly some of those groups where you know people. Yeah, all the guys have to have jobs. They have to work. You know, you, you know there is no drug dealing. Dot dot dot. Yeah, so it very much depends on the individual bit within a club. I think. So outlaw um, outlaw is is the term for a group that is not not necessarily yeah, law abiding, as the time term express. Well, term well, actually, it's it's slightly more sophisticated than that. Um, so it, the rolling back um, the the in America there is the the AMA, the American Motorcycle Association. And going way back to the early days after World War II, there was a sort of riot or a, a bit of a hoo-ha at a place called Hollister. Um, and the AMA famously came out and said, you know, yeah, this is this is the one percent of, of of motorcyclists. You know, it's you know, we're the 99% and you know, we're fine, and it's just these one percent of troublemakers. And the people who didn't really fancy being part of this. You know, very respectable thing. So, well, I find I'm going to out. I'm going to identify as outlaw because okay. I'm not part of, the, and I'm going to identify as one percent because I'm not part of the ninety nine percent. So it it became a sort of badge and a term. And so outlaw doesn't necessarily mean yeah. outlaw in terms of the criminal sort of side. Non-conformity rather than yes, carrying a gun yeah. and holding up a shop. Okay, yeah. and I do see yeah. on Wikipedia there's a list of outlaw motorcycle clubs. People tracking yes. them. Um, yes. Okay. Anyway, we're getting bogged down in this, but it's fascinating <laughs> stuff. We would like to learn this stuff. So, 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 yeah. So, I, so I wrote. I, it was about why would you get if so you, the reputation you referred to 
well, the book really was about, well, why would you get involved in something that has that sort of reputation? And as I say, it was, I wrote it as a one-off. And then about six months later, after I'd finished it, two of the characters met up in my head for a meeting. Uh, and they were just off. <laughs> I was along for the ride. And that's that's where it then went. Brilliant. Uh, and I'm now, then it turned into a trilogy. Um, and I'm now six books into the trilogy. Hmm. Like Douglas Adams, um, a trilogy in five parts. Yeah, well, yeah, Douglas yeah. Adams, I think, only made five. So I'm, you know. Yeah, I'm, yeah. <laughs> you're, one up, you're one up on his trilogy. Um, <laughs> exactly. And uh, do you write as a discovery writer, as they call him, the way that, you know, the characters took away, or, or having had that moment of... Um, of clarity of these two characters, did you then plot out the books or? No, I, I've. If if I do have a plot for a book, and I when I start to write one, I've usually got a structure in mind. By the time you're halfway through it, the characters are generally taken over and they go where they want to go. They yep. have their logic, and it, they don't end up where I think they were going to end up. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, yep. So I, I I really do feel like I'm just following these people um but uh, but my other tip i suppose for writing a series is um whatever you do at the end of book one don't have a massacre and kill off most of your characters all right <laughs> that's another thing you did as long as well as having an yeah. ian with two eyes yeah. okay yeah well well, well I, i'd say i i it was only going to be a one-off yes. so it sort of i, I sort of well I, I let's wrap up a lot of these stories and then when it then went on it was hang on a minute we this um, you have to invent a whole load of new people. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, well, let's talk about the pigeonhole, which is our sort of main topic really here. That, so this yep. is a service that you came across when you were um, publishing other people. You run an yep. indie indie press. Yeah. Um, yep. So tell us about, about finding it and why you valued it. Um, it was – I actually can't remember how we tripped across it in the first place. Um, it might have been a press press mention of it, I think. Um but we were so we're an indie press, small indie press called Bad Press, uh, and we are publishing essentially generally debut authors, and it's difficult to get traction. And what we found with the pigeonhole was it's a it's a service. It was originally set up. It was originally set up to be an online book club, and the idea was that. Um, they would publish book in serial form and readers would subscribe and pay to read books in serial form. That was the original idea. And actually, that, that's where I came across it because I was thinking the same thing and then found somebody had done it. So I thought, oh, let's, right. let's not go down that route. Anyway, so they set up to do that. And what they found was that people didn't really want to pay for that as a service as readers. But they were in, there was, there's, a, there's a group of people who are quite interested in reading in serial form. So they sort of flipped them, pivoted the model on its head. And essentially what they do then do is they go to publishers and say, would you like to put your book in front of 250 readers who will read it in serial form? So it gets released in daily staves <clears throat> that each are about 30 minutes worth of reading. So a typical book gets released over 10, 12, 15 days in chunks. and the way it works is that the readers can actually comment, type comments as they go that appear in the margin of the book uh, as they go. So you get readers starting to have conversations with each other, and the author can is actually also involved, so they can answer questions from the or, or make you know if if a reader makes a comment that says, "Oh, 
I don't fancy this character's chances much. You know, the author can go, mm, well, wait and see, you know, mm. type thing, and gets into a conversation. So what you find is over 10, 12, 15 days, the author is having a conversation with a group of readers as they get to the end of the book. And what that then leads to is, A, well, you've, you've built up a, you know, a body of potential fans, number one. Number two, for the author, it's generally quite affirming because when you launch a book and you put it out, you're not necessarily getting a lot of interaction with people about it, whereas this way you do. Uh, and then the third thing is that because people have had that interaction with the author and the conversation, they're more likely to go and leave reviews. And actually the pigeonhole, we at the pigeonhole in the background, then go and chase, in fact, follow up with the readers who finished the book and been involved in conversation and say, yeah, I see you haven't left a review yet. Would you like to leave a review? So a, a typical listing in the pigeonhole, there's 42,000 readers registered. So typically we make 250 slots available for a book. So people subscribe. So you get 250 readers at the outset. What that translates through to on average is about, um, on average, it's about 52 reviews that are posted on wow. Amazon or Goodreads for the book that is completed. Uh, and you also get quite a lot of um, social media coverage and view page views because to recruit the readers, we are putting out um, a lot of on social media saying this book is available to read on the pigeonhole. Do you want to come? So a book typically gets about 9,000 social media views as well. Wow. Um, so for, for getting that first body of reviews on Amazon, that gives you that credibility and social social proof um, that it's not just yeah your mum and your best friend who've read it and said oh it's lovely. Um, it's 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 quite we found it quite valuable. And they're also uh, the, the author's also getting feedback, right? Valuable feedback. Yeah. Oh yeah, we've we've actually one of the things we've then done is we've taken the functionality and we've also added on another service, which is that we we can offer a sort of managed beta reader service. So, and we do it at two levels. So there's a free one, which is you sign up to do this free beta reader. You can invite 15 people who can become your beta readers and they will re will release it the same way and they can comment and you get to that discussion the same way. And there's also, um, there's all, because you've got all those comments and the data, we can provide data about, you know, if people stopped reading, where did they stop? Yeah. Yeah. Where were most, If, if and you produce graphs, you know, how many people actually got through to the end? And if they didn't, where did they stop? Where did people comment? And we, we produce some very nice graphs that actually tie people's level of comment and interaction to the plot points in your book. Yeah. Um, so it, it, we can provide quite a powerful tool for analyzing how your book performs with readers. And we do that, as I say, on a free basis for, for a sort of private walled garden, or we've got a paid one where um, you can you can invite up to 50 people or we can try and recruit 50 people from amongst our readership to give you a bit bit of a bigger review base, if you like. Um, but it's so so there's a sort of use the service to improve your book and get it polished. And then you can move on to use the service to actually then launch and generate and get your reviews 
to get your social credibility on Amazon and Goodreads, etc. So, so what is the fundamental difference between the, the first service where you're inviting in people or you are find you know your company is, is trying to find people versus it go it being serialized and, and there being 250 slots i'm confused as to what the difference the, the, is the, okay so the beta reader service this is you putting the book up going through the process of serialization uh, and, and it's not comments and it's not published at this stage it's it, it's not published at this stage. well not necessarily i mean you might have published it okay but, but this this is this is a process to try and improve it. So yeah. for those those 15 or 50 readers, we aren't going to go and chase them for reviews. Okay. Okay. Because I say it may not be published. It may not be reviewable. If it is reviewable, those 50 people, some of them may leave reviews. But the purpose of the beta reader management service is about improving helping you to improve the flow of the book and iron out any rough bits. So if if you've got a book and everybody's reading it along, at the end of chapter five, 50% of the people turn off, Yeah, there's a problem at the end of chapter five that needs fixing. And I'd suggest you fix that before A, you launch, or B, you put it onto our review generating service. Because if you don't fix it, you're going to lose half of the people who are reading it at chapter, at chapter five. Yeah. Um, uh, chapter five is obviously where they killed the dog, which is what... Uh... <laughs> Makes people <laughs> stop reading books. Um, genres? I mean, is this all genres? Um, yes, it, it is all genres. I mean, I, I have. I mean, our core readership tends to be women, thirty-five to sixty-five. They tend to be keenest on plot-driven fiction. So you know, crime, psychological thrillers, you know, do very well. Um, you know, it, Commercial type fiction, as you would expect, does really quite well. Yeah. Uh, but no, we are in, in theory we're open to to almost all genres. Yeah. And how do they choose your regular readers? Just sort of see a list of books that have, have come up. They when they finish one, they just look look down the list and see a bit of blurb well, about they, it. They're, they're getting our, our regular readers getting are getting emails and alerts as books are coming available. Okay. So we have quite a marketing campaign going out to our regular readers. And then at the same time, we have a social media campaign that's going out more generally saying, hello, we're the Pigeonhole. By the way, you know, this week or coming up, we've got, you know, ABC by Joe Bloggs that's being you know, serialized. If you'd like to read it, you know, log on here and join. Yeah. Uh, and also we then provide all that collateral to the author so the author can go out to their social media network and say, oh, my book is being serialized on the pigeonhole. If you'd like to read it for free, you know, log on here and join. So it gives them something to put out to their readership, their, their, their contact base as well. And um, another question is about KU. So does this count as publishing? So if your book's in Kindle Unlimited, you wouldn't be able to use this service? Um, that's a very interesting point. Um, and I will be honest and say I don't actually know the answer to that. We've—I mean, we certainly have no problem about it, and I'm not aware that we've ever had any of our authors have a problem hmm. with it. But it's probably something that you would need—they would need to check out. Um, so it's, it's so it's, it's not a problem that's raised raised its head yet. There so are a lot of people who not. listen listen to this podcast who know the terms <laughs> very well, oh, so yeah. they they will no doubt comment on it because I know you can send it. Advanced readers, obviously, that doesn't breach yeah. the. Um, so it might fall under that, or some people I, I might say so. it's got I mean, a problem. I don't know, but you know, I, I think you know, 
as far as I'm aware, putting a book like putting a book onto NetGalley isn't going to give you a problem. And effectively, we are a, a curated version of NetGalley. Yeah. Okay. But people do have to take their own advice on that, we should say. Yeah. Yeah. Into trouble. yeah. Um, and how much do people pay for this service, Mark? Uh, um, the the core, as I say, the, the beta reader at the bottom end is free. Um, the uh, the paid for beta reader is £250, uh, but we then give you a voucher to for if you want to then use the, the main service. Uh, the main service is £499. Um, there is a slightly cheaper option if you want to just focus on the US. Um, we have the bulk of our readership at the moment is in the UK. Right. Um, we are trying to grow our readership in the US, but we, if somebody comes and books books a service with us, we want to try and make sure we fill their slots. So for a worldwide listing, which will mainly generate uh, reviews in uh, on Amazon.co.uk in the UK, uh, it's 250 slots. We have set up one specifically focused on the States and American readers where we generally go out to 100 slots to make sure we can fill that to target getting reviews in, in the US. Um, what we're looking to do is grow our American readership so that in due course, we can offer 250 slots in the States or 250 slots to the focus worldwide, including the UK. But at the moment, we just want to make sure that if somebody books something for the States, we can fill it and get them the readers. Yeah. And you can't presumably guarantee the number of views someone's going to get. Absolutely the not. Yeah. No. <laughs> right. No, because because these are these are real reviews by real people. Um, and it really depends on how they like the book and how to a degree how they get on with the author. And the range is actually quite huge. So I said our average is 52. Um my understanding, as having started to look at some of the stats, is the worst book we ever got had 10 reviews. Okay. And the best book got 140. Okay. So you've got quite a spread. Yeah. But we can't guarantee anything. It's about, you know, how the readers like the book. And we are very happy to have self-published books on the site. Um, but what I would say is the core business uh, around which the business is, is has been grown so far is in publishing is in promoting books uh, by the very big publishers so you know we we've got books by uh alexander mccall smith Anne cleaves barbara kingsolver um linda laplante mark billingham etc so we've got the books that are being published by the big publishers and obviously our readership effectively expects all the books we put out to be of the same sort of standard so we we're very happy to publish self put self-published authors on but if you want to put something onto our site we want it to be you know good it's because it's going to compete against the books from the big publishers yeah and you know if it if it's not finished to the same standard that's not going to help you as the author and it's not going to help obviously it doesn't help us as the yeah as so, the site so we don't it needs to be professionally edited or if you do self-edit you need yeah. to be a very very competent self-editor um but yes. ideally I I mean, mean, it, it, which is which is all the standard of dice that you know yes you know, if you know that anybody who's going to be serious about self-publishing and will have had from from yourselves and from all the other sort of yeah. you know, advisors yeah. is you know, it has to have a professional cover it has to be properly edited you know etc 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 we are the same. We will be saying, you know, we have to make sure that 
what we put out to our readers is of the appropriate quality of you know writing production delivery and all the rest of it um so so we just have to make sure that you know because we don't you know we don't want to put out somebody's book and they get 10 reviews of which you know half of them are well it's not being proofread and you know it's full yeah. of spelling mistakes because that doesn't do anybody any good no it does not um, and what is the lead time on this how much if, if somebody wanted to use your service tomorrow how long do they have to wait for slot we're i think at the moment we are we are filling slots in september and october okay so you know it um and can you book in advance can you say well I'm, this manuscript is going to be ready in march next year yeah. so yeah yes yeah i mean when we people have different lead times that they want to work to um yes we're very happy so one of the questions when somebody books is well okay when would you like it to go on if somebody came in and said, "Yeah, I'd like to book, and I'd like to, you know, have my book come out in March or January next year," that's fine. Yeah. We just we just schedule it ahead. Well, my um, rate, my books will be ready in March twenty thirty six. So if you could just, uh, I will actually get <laughs> get back to writing yeah. my fourth book soon. Um, oh, that sounds really good. I think I tell you what, just if just if you don't mind, just recap those three levels of service because they you know they do vary quite a lot from free to four nine nine. Just okay, so, so people understand. So we we and in fact there's a, there's a fourth level. So. Oh. We have got we have got a free beta reader beta reader management service uh, that is free. You can then you as the author invite up to fifteen people, and you have the functionality where they can read, you can get the stats, you can see how they interact with the book. So that's free. Step up from that is we have a paid for beta reader management service which costs two hundred fifty pounds, but you get a voucher towards a full listing later on. With that, either you can recruit in up to 50 readers, or we can also try and recruit 50 readers from our reader base. So it gets you a bigger population looking at your book and therefore probably better information back. And so one quick question on that. Is the voucher worth 250? No. Oh. No. The, the, voucher, the voucher's worth, I think we've set it at 100 pounds. Okay. So, so you're, yeah, you're, that's a decent chunk. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then the next stage up is, right, I actually want to boost the number of reviews I've got for my book, or I'm launching and I want to get a set of reviews on Amazon, et cetera. And there we have our review service where in the UK, stroke rest of the world, you'll get 250 um, reader slots available. The US, it's a slightly smaller one to make sure we can fill it, which is 100. And for the UK, rest of the world, that's £499. For the American one, it's slightly cheaper. I think we've got it at £350. Okay. And we also then have an enhanced version of both of those where, in addition to the standard promotion, serialization and promotion and chasing for reviews, uh, we also add on things like um, a sort of a, a front page takeover of the the pigeonhole, um, a a reader event, reading event at the end where the author can do a a reading and have a live interaction with the audience, um, and some additional and analytics and tonal analytics of of the comments etc. Just to try and help. So there's a, there's a there's a there's a bells and whistles version as well, if you like. Yeah. Great. And as you say, it's used by some pretty big authors, the excellent Mark Billingham, notice, and mm. Samantha King, Rachel Ward. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So you've taken over the company. Has it changed much in your ownership? Um, 
Well, it's it's we're going wider. I think is the answer to that. I mean, hence hence this conversation, for example. So, the business really, up until my getting involved, was very much focused on relationships with the big publishing houses. Yeah. Um, so effectively, if if you go onto the site now, there is a tab at the top which says promote your book, which takes you to these services. That's new, because up until my getting involved, it was all done on a relationship basis between the business and you know the big publishers. Um, and what I'm keen to do is make it more widely available to the independent publishing community and the self-publishing community um, to make it easier to understand what it is and how it can help, um, to add on these additional services like the beta reader management service, um, and because because I, I think it's such a useful service, it seems a pity to have kept keep it so you know, yeah, so tight as yeah. it were. Um, so yes, so the uh, the plan is to make make what it does more visible, create these additional services such as the free beta reader management, and make it more open and accessible to indie and self published authors. Mm. Well, it's a it's a tempting investment at the beginning of a book's launch to uh, get that those. I mean, those first reviews are difficult. It's almost chicken and egg situation. A lot of readers will look for reviews before they buy a book, but without yeah. readers, you can't get reviews. So there is thing that's a it's a pain point yeah. for authors. Yeah, and and I mean, uh, most I mean, I'm getting re- getting people to review is like pulling teeth. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's a low percentage conversion. Even if you beg your reader, your mailing list, it's a low percentage conversion. Yeah, it is. And and I mean, uh, yeah, the the stats for you know giveaways and numbers numbers of if you if you give books away, um, you you can do a you know if you do a book bub and give books away, you can be giving thousands of of copies away and be getting relatively small numbers of reviews. Yeah, because there's there's if you're simply giving books away there's not that much engagement with the reader. Yeah. The good thing, I mean, the the key, I think, to the pigeonhole and why it works is this reader engagement, is this fact that you've got a community of readers. And the, and the readers know each other. So we, from a publishing point of view, we put a book on from one of our authors, uh, which was a sort of bit of a madcap fantasy thriller a comic fantasy thriller um, about a very heavy, hard drinking, hard smoking, um, you know, gun toting monkey, basically, right. uh, which had lots of swearing in it. And and we put that on. And one of the comments from somebody in the when they started reading the first chapter is, oh, dear, there's a lot of swearing. At which point, other people from the group, other other readers, were then commenting, "Well, you never like swearing, so why did you sign up to read this in the yes. first place?" So there's a real community. Yeah, doing some work other. on your behalf, really. Yeah, um, and it really sort of it gets that engagement going. So, as I say that's that's why it does then turn to generate reviews, as opposed to, I'm going to bang something out, make it free, and just hope you know, spray yeah. and pray type yeah. thing. And how can people become readers? Um, they sign up. It's free. Yeah. So um, if you go on to the pigeonhole, you'll see that there are books being listed. Um, you can just sign up to join. Um, as I say, when we're when we're listing a book, we will send out um, stuff on our social media feeds. 
and that will have a click to say I'd like to you know I'd like to subscribe to to read that uh, and that will include a joining uh, a, a joining link and as I say it's it's completely free to join and and get books delivered to you um, and join in the join in the conversation. Brilliant. Okay. Well, Mark Stroke Ian. It's been uh, it's been illuminating. Thank you for for cluing us in on that. It sounds like right. a, a valuable series, and I suspect you'll probably get some readers from this as well because I think most authors are avid readers and oh, probably like the idea. Yeah. Training they can always train yourself to become a, a dev editor, but if you do enough of these books and and get the gist of uh, of feeding back, yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a I mean it's it's a it's a nice community. It's um, yeah. It, yeah, please do join uh, and and enjoy the books. Um, it's a, it's a different way of reading because it's so communal. This is the self-publishing show. There's never been a better time to be a writer. There you go. That's Mark Blaney uh, talking about pigeonhole. So we've got some sessions that we're doing. I'm going to be talking about TikTok with Cecilia Mecca tomorrow. We are making an announcement in a couple of hours about Fuse Publishing. So I suppose we can talk about it. Not today. I think, I think we've already gone on a little bit today. Let's, we'll have a separate podcast on that in, in maybe the next week or two. Okay. But it's out there, so you can look up uh, what that announcement is uh, if you want to find out. There's Hannah. Okay, look, that's it for now. Uh, people are sloping back off to their, um, their meeting rooms. There's like six tracks going on at any one time in this conference. It's slightly insane. Uh, we'll go and find... I think there's someone doing a session on how to start... Dakota Crowth is doing a session on how to start a publishing company, so. which, as we're doing that, could be useful. Could be, yeah. We want, to, want for us to... Have a little look and see what you've got to say. Okay. Check it out. Indeed. All right. That's it. All that remains for me to say is a goodbye from him. And a goodbye from me. Goodbye. goodbye. Get show notes, the podcast archive, and free resources to boost your writing career at selfpublishingshow.com. Join our thriving Facebook group at selfpublishingshow.com forward slash Facebook. Support the show at patreon.com forward slash selfpublishingshow. And join us next week for more help and inspiration so that you can make your mark as a successful indie author. Publishing is changing, so get your words into the world and join the revolution with The Self-Publishing Show.